0: being joined today by Christy Hildebrandt, the CDC Project Manager at GDIT. Thank you for joining me today, Christy. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's start with, talk to me a little bit about public health. What is it, and what are some challenges the agency face in serving public health missions? Um, Well,
1: I've been working
0: in the public health space, specifically with
1: surveillance systems, over the last 20 years, and I'll say right now is a very exciting time to be in public health. Um, obviously, a lot is going on coming out of the COVID pandemic. A lot of things were learned during that time. And with that, there's a lot of modernization initiatives going on. So, you know, public health to me is just really important. I think it's a really important aspect of society that, you know, up until the COVID pandemic, maybe not a lot of people were thinking too much about. Obviously, public health affects you. It affects me. It affects Everyone all over the world. And so, you know, I think really all that happened is COVID kind of shined a light to that. And, um, you know, historically, it's been somewhat underfunded. And uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, it's just a truly exciting time because – you know, there's just so much passion now and funding that's going into modernizing the public health infrastructure and the systems that are used to track, you know, amazing amounts of data uh, and to make decisions that are, um, you know, going to make our lives all better. Um, because public health, the, the main mission there is making sure you're taking into account the greater good. And, you know, that's what we do every day at GDIT. Um, working with clients like CDC and others, um, state public health departments, local public health departments, tribal health departments, you know, we're working hand-in-hand hand with them uh, to make the world a better place. I know that sounds trite, but it's <laughs> no. true,
0: and it's something we're very, very passionate about. Right. Now, talk to me a little bit about reporting. What is case reporting, and why is that important? So,
1: you know, I think COVID exposed quite a lot of um, areas where there could be improvement um, in the way data is shared within public health. So, you know, some of the challenges I mentioned, you know, for, for many years, there was uh, underfunding in a lot of areas. But beyond that, people in public health, in the public health world, didn't really necessarily always speak the same language, or that's what I I call it you know, within the clinical world, they have standard vocabularies that are used across the entire clinical uh, landscape. Uh, a lot of that has to do with insurance and billing. But, you know, they use things like ICD-9, ICT-10. And so when their systems talk to each other, um kind of everybody knows how to translate it and how to use that data. Whereas in public health, you know, that did exist, but it was you know, it wasn't, um, and it still isn't right now, a common library of public health technology. And so as a result, whenever systems are talking to each other, whether it be clinical data being shared within pub- to public health or public health departments um, trying to share data across each other, um, or even public health at the state level is trying to share data with CDC, whenever you're sharing data, you got to either be speaking the same language or have a way to be able to interpret the data that people are sending you. So that is one of the key challenges. It really showed itself during the COVID response. This is all leading up to electronic case reporting. Prior to the COVID pandemic, there was a standard released. A standard released for, it's called Electronic Initial Case Report, or EICR. And um, I know the surveillance system that I work on. We implemented the standard back in 2017. And what that does is it supports communication from clinical providers over to public health, which as you can imagine is an extraordinarily important stream of data. The problem was at that time there a lot of folks didn't readily adopt it. So you have kind of your big provider systems, your Epics and your CERNers. They were working on it, but ultimately there were a lot of gaps and pieces missing and there wasn't much data flowing in that regard. The other piece is, you know, you have the data sitting at providers and then you have, you know, the, the state public health departments who are trying to rec- receive that data. And then there's kind of this layer in the middle and there was an effort um, at that time to kind of build out uh, this middle layer. It's called the AIMS platform and it's a way for to connect clinical providers uh, to send data securely to public health. Now, that did exist also back in 2017. But again, there there weren't that many people um, using it. So when COVID happened, there was kind of this realization that, hey, this is a really important data stream. We need to get this working ASAP. Uh, so in a lot of ways, the, the surveillance system, um, that I work on, which is called the the NEDS base system, and which is a CDC product um, that CDC develops and um, that we GDIT work with them on, and that's used in nearly half of all public health reporting jurisdictions. So they already had this mechanism to receive electronic initial case reports from providers during COVID. What happened is it was like they opened a switch. And it was just a fire hose, a fire hose of data. Although it was wonderful that there was this huge data stream coming in, you know, it was hard for anybody to make sense of it all. You had um just massive quantities of data and it was, you know, huge records. And so even today, you know, several years after the the beginning of COVID and several years after this um really important data stream really started to pick up. Uh, folks are still trying to figure out the best way to make sense of some of these
0: electronic case reports coming in. So besides not knowing what and where information is going to go, what are some other big barriers to implementation? If you have data,
1: that's great. But if you can't make sense of the data, it's really not as useful to you. Just having data doesn't doesn't necessarily do much. Uh, it's step one, I'll say. There's still this extra step that a lot of very smart people are working on, including folks from GDIT, to enhance this this flow of data, to filter out the noise, and to make it so that folks in state, local, territorial health departments can make sense of it more easily and can, you know, apply things like decision support and can get data more readily and more quickly to CDC. So, you know, at a national level, you have this really great picture of what's going on, you know, providing data at the speed of need. The other, I think, piece of electronic case reporting that maybe doesn't get as much fanfare is uh, the sharing of data across public health reporting jurisdictions. So you have, let's say, for instance, a state like we'll say Alabama and then, you know, a state like Tennessee, they might want to share case data. You know, they may have a case or a patient who has traveled across borders. And then in that case today, a lot of that is still manual, which is mind blowing in 2023 that people are still using the phone and fax to to, to provide this this information. Um, I can certainly understand in an emergency situation where a phone call might make sense, but when you're talking, you know, hundreds of uh, transfers or um, data sharing needs across state lines, it probably makes sense to do that electronically through electronic case reporting. You know, this is another area where a lot of work is being done. There are some jurisdictions who have already started sharing data across state lines, but some of the challenges there include Going back to the very beginning, making sure that systems can talk to each other in a meaningful way. And it goes back to having that standard public health language or at least having a way to translate what you're receiving into something meaningful and actionable. The other, I think, thing that's a challenge or a potential barrier is every state, territory, uh, tribe, all of the the pieces that make up the federation that is the United States, they all have their own regulations. They all have their own rules around what's acceptable, and you have to have data use agreements in place when you're talking about sharing uh, patient information. So, patient identifiable information or PII is um, you know it's it's, it's huge because. When people go to their doctor or when something gets reported to a public health department, you know, citizens or, or the patients or the people whose data this is, they need to feel certain that their data is safe and protected and that nothing is being shared that shouldn't be shared. So, you know, that introduces a, an, another layer there of when you're st- sharing something state to state, a lot of it isn't necessarily a technical challenge. Um, sometimes it's more of a, Bureaucratic or legal challenge. So, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces to electronic case reporting. Now, what do you see for the future? On the tail end of COVID, there's just so many exciting things going on right now. There's a lot of effort being put into standardization of vocabulary of systems, um, making things that are scalable and ex- extensible, um, open source, uh, cloud enabled, um, making it so that public health departments uh, across the country can access tools um, that they can use and interface with and so that they're not building all of this on their own over and over and over again. You know, there's there's a concerted effort right now to make sure all of these tools can at some point be centrally hosted and available. For instance, a good example here, Here would be with, especially like electronic case reporting, the concept of geocoding. You know, a lot of times when information comes in the door in public health, first of all, a lot of times the demographics or address information isn't that great. But for the data that is there, it would be wonderful if it could all be geocoded and have that geocoding available whenever that data is present. So. You can easily put it into analysis tools and do cluster identification or a lot of other cool analytics. And, again, today or prior, you know, one jurisdiction or one program at CDC may build out some sort of geocoding tool. But it lives in this, you know, stovepipe siloed system, and nobody else has access to it. In this new world, these would be tools and services available to everybody, um, build once, use many. You know, it's, um, unfortunately, prior to COVID, there, there wasn't too, too much of that. But going forward for ECR and a bunch of other public health use cases, it's just going to make it a much easier landscape for people to navigate and to, to get data quickly to the places it needs to be so that our public health, yours, mine, everybody's public health, and, you know, frankly, it's global. It's not just the US, but we will all be in a better spot if, God forbid, there's another pandemic. It's just, you know, like I said, an amazing time, a lot of exciting things going on. And I know I
0: personally and GDFT is is super excited to be a part of it. Well, that's really great. I mean, some of the challenges sound really overwhelming, but What you have going on in the future sounds really, really great. Is there anything else you would like to add? I think in closing,
1: I would just say I'm super passionate about public public health. I know all the people I work with are. It's just, again, like it feels good to come in every day and to do something that you feel matters and just couldn't be more excited to be working with CDC and other partners on moving the the goals of public health
0: forward. Okay, great. Well, Christy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, check us out at govforum.io or anywhere you've listened to podcasts. And please subscribe, give us five stars, and share with your friends. ¡Gracias!